You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. Turn with me to Mark, the sixth chapter. This is right after the miracle of the fish and loaves. Jesus has fed 5,000 men, not to mention the women and children. They've seen a very organized, structured move of apostolic miracles. And then the disciples and Jesus entered into the boat because they had some place to be. Because on the other side of their trip, there was a demoniac who needed freedom. And so... Jesus told them to be uh, to get into the ship, and he went off to pray to be by himself to rejuvenate his batteries. How many understand that that's one of the most spiritual things you can do is to break away from all of the busyness of life and just recharge your spiritual batteries? In fact, I, I threw out the challenge last night, and I haven't achieved it yet myself, but I threw out the challenge last night to those of us who were praying to try to enter into some fasting before Sunday. And uh, I want to do that. I want to get to that place. I want to get to where fasting becomes a way of lifestyle, that there will always be some periodic moment of fasting going on in my personal life. And I think as the body of Christ, it would behoove us to do that. Uh, <clears throat> so the disciples have been told to get into a ship. And so I'm going to just read down through here. And I'm reading out the King James has these and thou's. Verse 45, chapter 6 of Mark, verse 45. And straight away, in the Amplified, it says, at once he insisted. And straight away he constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go to the other side uh, before unto Bethsaida. And while he sent away the people, in other words, he dismissed the crowd, the crowd of 20,000 or whatever it was. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing. Now, I don't know if he saw him with his natural eye or if the Lord revealed this to him and allowed him to see it spiritually. But it said that he saw them toiling in their rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by or would have passed them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. In other words, they just took that lightly, the miracle that Jesus had done with the fish and the loaves. They just had witnessed it. They're already in a situation uh, uh, a situation that seems to be life-threatening. How many knows that the last miracle in your life will go out the window very, very quickly when you hit the next trouble? Yep. 
We've all been there, right? We've all been in that place where, where everything is going good. Everything's hunky-dory. Is that a good word? Hunky-dory. Everything's hunky-dory. Things are going good. Things are going smooth. And just about the time you lean into that, just about the time you think I've got it made, something goes awry. Something goes backwards. God will work a great big miracle in your life, and then you'll find out at the moment he, just about the moment that that miracle has been recognized and you're getting comfortable in it, the enemy will come along and say, oh, yeah? yeah? Jesus sent them out. Now, in this particular uh, canon where Mark is talking, this story appears two or three times in the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, in this version, it doesn't give us as much detail. In some of the other versions, and the reason I grabbed this one was the first one I found. So I just grabbed this one tonight because I was standing here in the front when the Lord spoke this to me. But in some of the others, there's a little more detail. They were told to go to the other side. He had need to get to the other side. And, of course, we know the story. And when he got to the other side, the demoniac of Gadara was there, a man who had 6,000 demons man that cut himself, lived in the graveyard, and screeched and screamed and scared people witless. And everybody in the region hated to go by that place and that area because they knew they would be accosted by this naked man who was wild and could not be tamed and who, when they chained him, could break the chains. He had supernatural strength. He didn't have the strength of a man. He had the strength of 6,000 demons, if that makes any sense. And so Jesus had a need to get there because he knew this man would never get free without him. But he had to get prayed up before he got there. He wanted to spend time with the Lord before he got there so that he would handle the situation in the way that God would have it handled. And so he sends the disciples out on the sea, and in the middle of the sea, they've, they're, they're rejoicing. They've got 12 baskets of leftovers in the boat with them. And, uh, but they have forgotten already because the storm arises. There's probably no scarier place to be in a storm than on the water. Have you ever been in, on the water in a storm? How scary is that? Is it pretty rough? Make you want to get to the shore pretty quick? Nothing to walk on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And So anyway, um, they're out there. They're, to to they're toiling and the weather is rough, and the seas are rough, and as, as Christian said, there's nothing to walk on. You can't get out of the boat. You're in the boat for the ride. There's no place to go, and you need a rescue. And they're out in the middle of that, this situation, and in the middle of prayer, Jesus sees the situation. I don't know if this was a supernatural thing or if he could literally see that they were struggling on the water. I don't know. I don't know how far out they were uh, in the sea. But I know this. I know that he perceived the danger that they were in. And he came walking on the water in the fourth watch of the night. So this was somewhere around 3 o'clock in the morning. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And they're thinking this is something spooky going on. They're thinking this is some supernatural thing and some entity of darkness that has arrived on the water because of all the mariner stories that came with fishermen. And three-fourths of his crew were fishermen, so I'm sure they had plenty of mariner tall tales to tell. And here they are in the midst of this situation, and the, water's the boat's taking on water. The waves are contrary, 
And here comes a shadowy figure in the middle of the night that they can't make out, and there's no place to walk, and what are you going to do? The last miracle of the fish and loaves have done left their mind. Here they are, all by themselves, in a bad predicament. Have you ever been in a bad predicament? Hmm. God had me go this direction tonight for a reason. Look at this. Jesus walks near the boat and would have went on past the boat until they cried out to him. Jesus won't just get in the middle of your adverse circumstance. He wants to be invited in. Jesus doesn't, he isn't a taskmaster, but he wants to be Lord. He's not going to subjugate you by an act of iron will, but he wants to be invited into your situation. And if you're in a predicament, the best thing you can do is invite Jesus in. Here's what I want you to see. This is so simple tonight. You're going to go, really, Pastor? That's it? That's all? Yes. I'm following the Holy Ghost. I do what he says do. I could get up here and preach a long, flowery thing, but what good is that if I didn't want Jesus is in? Huh? So here they are. They're in this predicament. Get it. The wind is blowing against them contrary. You've been in a windstorm. I was driving down the highway the other night. We, we, we came from Kansas City, and we got into one of those windstorms, and the rain was come, uh, blowing, and Austin had told us that it had already happened at the house and just prepare because it was coming. We're running up the highway, and I, I could just – I mean, we were driving like 30 mile an hour on the interstate. And I was watching because I couldn't see the cars in front of me, nor could I see anything behind me. And then when I would get a, a glimpse of headlights behind me, then I'd get nervous because I'm barely moving, but I can't go any faster. And there's so much water on the road, the car would hydroplane. And the wind was pushing to where it was pushing you, where it felt like it was going to push you off the road. And I was looking for the first place to exit but when you're, when you're slowed down from 70 mile an hour to about 35 mile an hour, it takes forever to find an exit. And we finally pulled off at Holt and got into a car wash. I pulled into a car wash and just sat there until the storm went by. And then we came home and, and passed just fine. But for a few moments there, our lives were in danger. Plain and simple. They were just, it was, we were in danger. We could have easily ran off the road. We could have easily ran into someone else. We could have been blown off of the road. So our lives were endangered. And I can imagine what they felt like because the wind is contrary to them. The boat is rocking. Water is splashing over the sides. It seems as if the boat is going to sink. These are mariners. They don't get fearful of every little storm that comes along. But they're also cautious because they understand how powerful a storm can be when you're on the water. And there's all kinds of silly traditions and things that run through the back of your mind whenever the enemy comes. When you get in a circumstance like that, you, you want to combat the enemy. You want to fight the circumstance. You want to get out of the moment. You just, wanna, you just want out. And the disciples are in a moment that they just want out. They want to get out of the circumstance. How many have been through something you just wanted out of? How many glad you got out of it? How many found out that Jesus was, was there with you when you got out of it? Huh? So he's walking on the water. Now, here's what I want you to get a hold of. 
Jesus walks on the very thing that troubles you. And if you find yourself in the middle of a difficult time and a difficult trouble, understand that Jesus sees. He knows right where you are. He hasn't lost sight of you, even though he told you to pass to the other side. Even though it feels as if he's not with you, he's with you. He's never lost sight of you. He's never lost you on his radar because he's all-knowing and he's all-seeing. And he never loses sight of you no matter where you are, no matter what the circumstances are in your life and where you find yourself in the moment. And what's troubling you, what is really messing with you, of course, the wind was the enemy here, not the waves. But it's the waves that's troubling them because it's the waves that are posing the greatest danger to them in the moment. At least that's how they perceive it. And the very thing that Jesus is walking on to get to them is the very thing that is troubling them the most. So there's two things you need to understand. Number one, Jesus sees you exactly where you are, exactly what circumstance you're in. He knows where you are, and he hasn't lost sight of you, not for one second. The second thing is, is you need to understand that whatever's troubling you and threatening to take you down is the very thing that he's using to get to you. He has no problem walking on your trouble. Years ago, there was a song called Sea Walker. Speaking of Jesus, the man of Galilee who could walk on the sea. But I call him the trouble walker because he can walk on anything that's troubling me. It doesn't have to just be contrary waves, but whatever's troubling me, he can walk to me on the middle of it, in the middle of it. And, and he's waiting for me to invite him into the middle of my adverse circumstance so that he can prove that he is Lord over that circumstance. That's a drop-the-mic moment right there. He's waiting for an invitation for me to say, Father, come on. I need you. Jesus, Lord, welcome. Welcome into my circumstance. If you took the time to get to me and to walk to me on the middle of my trouble, then I'm asking you to come into my circumstance. Come in and be the Lord of this moment of my life. I don't have time to turn there tonight or to look for it, but there's another time when this happened when Jesus was with the disciples and he was asleep in the boat. And they came to him with great accusation in that one when they said, don't you care that we're about to perish? And we have to be careful when we get in the middle of an agitated situation in our life not to accuse God not to try to blame our trouble on God. No, our troubles because of man, the first man, Adam. Our troubles are because of mankind. Our troubles are because we are uh, an unrestrained people. But just like Jesus asleep in the boat with the disciples, he's a complete peace. He was a complete peace when he walked out to them 
and walked. He was going to walk right past, just waiting. He was at peace. He could have walked all the way to the other side. He knew they weren't going down because he commanded them to go. But in their heart, in their heart, all they could see was the circumstance. All they could see was the trouble. All they could see was the heartache. All they could see was the agitation. All they could see was the boisterous wind. All they could see was the waves that were crashing in on them. <laughs> and Jesus is the Lord of it all. In another place in this very particular story, when Jesus got in the boat, he rebuked the wind and told the waves to just be still. If you put it in the natural tongue, he said, shut up. Shut up. Now, here's the beauty. Jesus, never lose sight of you. We're in a different place than the disciples were in that we have the Lord of the storm residing with us at all times through the paraclete, the one called alongside, the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, God with us. Jesus never leaves our side. He's always in the middle of our boat. But the one lesson we need to learn is that if we want him to be the Lord of our circumstance, we have to invite him in, and then we have to trust him in the middle of it. I'm sure when he first stepped into the boat and things were still rocking and reeling, it didn't feel all that comforting other than here he is. But after he said to the wind and to the waves, be still, they all started going, who in the world is this? That the winds and the waves obey what he says. Who in the world is this? What other man do you know who can do this? Remember, they were following him because they were beginning to get an inkling that he might be the Messiah. And when he did that, something went off in their spirit and said, Whoo, what kind of a man is this that his voice nature bows to? And that same Christ lives in us. That same authority that Jesus spoke to the storm with abides with us. I love to speak to storms. I practice all the time. Every time they say it's going to be bad weather, I go, no, no, it ain't. And I start speaking. I do it over and over and over. And I can't tell you how many times. I'm not saying I'm powerful. I just want you to understand that I can't tell you how many times I've watched a storm divert or turn or go a different direction. Because the same authority that Christ Jesus walked in is the same authority we have as believers. We just aren't aware of it. Christ is with us. Christ is with us. He's the hope. He's your hope. He's my hope. And so tonight I want to leave us with this. He told them to cheer up. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear get you in the middle 
of a storm. Because when a storm comes, the only thing that can defeat you in a storm is fear. The only thing that can defeat you in, an, in, in your circumstance is to get afraid, to get fearful, and to not remember the God that worked the last miracle in your life. Well, the God that worked the last miracle in your life is the one that will work this miracle in your life. Who could say amen to that? Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Simple as it was, we needed it. Father, I thank you. I praise you, Father, that there are those, Father, tonight who might be going through circumstances, those tonight, Father, who may be going through troubles, those tonight, Father, who may be struggling. I thank you tonight, Father, that you have them right into the palm of your hand and in the center of your vision, that they are the apple of your eye, and that they do not have to fear what's coming against them, nor be afraid, nor worry, nor tie themselves in a knot, for the same Christ that rebuked the wind and the waves, the same Christ who never lost sight of the disciples, the same Christ who could walk on the top of their trouble, the same Christ who could step into their boat and calm the wind and the waves, is the same Christ who resides in us through the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you and praise you tonight. Let this word get down deep in our heart. Let this word get down in our spirit. Let us understand, Father, that we are never alone in Christ Jesus, but that you're always with us, always here, always right on time always timely and always able to be in the middle of our circumstances. Nothing escapes your attention. And tonight, Father, we bow to the understanding of who you are. You are the Lord of our storm. And so we thank you and we praise you and we worship you, Father, that nothing shall overtake us. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.